To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Welcome. Well, come in. Let's put on the show. Your cadaverous pallor, aloha, betrays an aura of foreboding. Hang on to them hats and glasses. And now, ladies and gentlemen, remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Welcome to another episode of Remain Seated, Please. This is podcast number eight. Hello. Tokyo Disney Sea. Yes, part two of our special Tokyo episode. On this episode of the podcast, Robert will be holding the map to Tokyo Disney Sea. I am the map holder. <laughs> he will take us on a journey through the park, and I will do my best to remember what I can from four months ago. So I'm holding the map, and we are going to start with Mediterranean Harbor. I believe that's the entrance to the park. Is that where the big globe is on the map? That's called Disney Sea Plaza. Okay, that's the entrance plaza. And uh, from there, if you make a left, you go through a tunnel. It's it's kind of a, it's kind of a really big reveal. You see the globe when you come in. Everybody's running past it. You're walking what is essentially underneath a hotel. They have a hotel that jettisons out into the park. And uh, and as you walk underneath this hotel through this sort of tunnel uh, walkway area, uh, Mount Prometheus like is revealed to you, and that is the centerpiece to this huge park. Um, and it's sort of like... It's sort of like seeing World Showcase for the first time. It's just, you can see the entire park from there. And this is where the park gets the reputation of one of the most beautiful Disney parks, is there's detail in places that don't matter. There's ships in a dock and there's no attraction over, you know, 50 feet away from where anybody can stand. Well, those little details make Disney Disney. Yeah, but this park is something special. Um, so yeah, you see Mount Prometheus, and then to your left, uh, uh, you have the option to go to uh, what is sort of like the Hollywood backlot area of California Adventure. But it's a New York area, right? Yeah, but it, it sort of felt and reminded me of uh, felt like and reminded me of of that area, that Hollywood backlot area. Well, since I don't know this park. Yeah, Very well, I, since I've never been there, why don't you tell me what the first attraction you did was, and we'll start there. We ran straight to Tower to get Fast Passes. Talk about Tower of Terror. It's in the American Waterfront. Yep. It's really beautiful. I mean, I, I, I must have posted 10 pictures while we were at the park uh, to our Instagram just tower because it's just really beautiful and the sun rises behind it so you can get some really cool lens flare we should also begin with saying that this is the only tower of terror that is not twilight zone themed yeah there's a it's interesting because not until the third time that we wrote it did they give me a piece of paper that explained the story did you get the story beforehand yeah it was it was fairly clear yeah take us through the ride So, so the lobby is the biggest lobby that I've ever seen. It's got uh, Harrison Hightower's collect collection of paintings and things in the lobby. 
collector of rare antiquities. Yeah, and there's newspaper clippings on the wall about all the expeditions he's gone on, and there is a crashed elevator shaft in the lobby, um, reminiscent of every other tower that you've seen, but it's more in this uh, the style of this tower, uh, which has a slightly different style. It's a little more gothic, uh, a lot of points. And there's a newspaper clipping about him going on his final expedition uh, to Africa. And uh, you gather that, you know, he's gone to Africa to to get this... uh, Tiki idol or something? Yeah. Um, And he brings it back, and that's when everything starts going weird and strange. The first thing you do is you're led into a a study area that's kind of like his office. Um, And the cast member cranks an old record player and it starts to play and when it starts to play the lights dim and the the stained glass window behind his desk which has all uh, again all these amazing uh little details you know that it, it uh indiana jones when you can see his office behind the mm-hmm. it's like that times 10 it's just a huge version of that and the tiki idols in there he's there uh, you can see him he's just on display you don't know anything's up yet so when the lights dim after she cranks the record player, the stained glass behind his desk starts to animate and starts to tell the story of how he brought this cursed tiki totem back with him. And it basically banished him to uh, the elevator shaft and, and he disappeared. When this all is told in the stained glass animation, uh, the tiki... Uh, sort of sparkles and shines and things, and then he vanishes in front of your eyes, and it's absolutely incredible. It took me about four times to think I might know how it works. I assume he just quickly shoots down in that thing he's sitting on? No, and I looked for that specifically. I'll tell you what I think it is, and we may even cut it out of the podcast. Maybe we'll just bleep it. But he animates also. He frowns. Yeah, but that looks like a projection of some sort. Hmm. Either internal. No, I guess it's a great effect. It really, really, really is. Everybody seems amazed by it every time it happens. So that's the equivalent of our library scene. Correct, where we would have Rod Serling. So what happens after that scene? You're led into a huge uh, storage warehouse area uh, where there's huge like Egyptian statues i mean tall like 30 feet tall it looks like you're in the warehouse from indiana jones and then you're led to what's event what's essentially the elevator shaft but they're very very private rooms and uh there seems to be some pretty clear signage of how you line up and things each shaft is in its own room yeah you know like we're in tower of terror you can kind of see the other elevator shafts all Mm -hmm. lining up these are almost in their own little alcove. Well, we did board in the same one every time, so maybe it was just that one. Okay. But yeah, you can't, you can almost not tell where anybody else goes. Now, it's the same ride system as the California Adventure version. Correct. So once you get on the ride, uh, take us through what happens. So it's pretty much like the one here at California Adventure and the one at Paris. Except with the hallway scene we have now where you see the ghosts uh, beckoning you to come to the elevator and then they're in the elevator and then the hall turns to stars and they fall. This one is you see Hightower dealing with the Tiki Idol. He comes to life, scares the bejesus out of him and banishes him. You kind of see him move from 
the foreground to the background into the elevator shaft and down. Tiki Idol turns to you. You realize that you're next. You go up, and then it's a mirror scene. And it's pretty much the same, except uh, there's a couch underneath it, and uh, and it seems like a little shallow, more shallow. But uh, after you disappear, the Tiki Idol shows up again and sort of is the catalyst to you falling. And then the fall, the fall pattern almost is exactly the same as ours. So it sounds pretty similar, except their two scenes are reversed. Yeah. And the effect of Harrison Hightower, it's this, pretty much the same effect as the ghosts, right? Um, the technology's a little bit better in places. Details were a little bit more fleshed out. Did you love the ride? I did. Is it the best of all Tower of Terrors? No. Florida. I can't see how anything can be better than the Florida version. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of fun, and it was really good. It was really fun to see something almost completely different than I'd seen. Well, that's good. Yeah. One thing I don't get is it's the Hightower Hotel, but why does he live in a hotel? Yeah. He's so rich. What is he? What, um, maybe he got his fortune from being a hotel. But are there, supposed to be, are there supposed to be guests that can stay there also? No, he's a rich curmudgeon, and he doesn't want anybody to stay there. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> but, the, it's called, but he named it a hotel still. Should be Hightower Man? I don't know. Oh, what a weird mansion. Maybe uh, if we understood Japanese, we'd understand. Well, it's been four months, and I didn't ask myself that question. So. <laughs> Also in the American waterfront, we have Toy Story Midway Mania, or Toy Story Mania, which I assume you skipped. Yeah, we skipped it. I Googled it, and according to Google, it was almost exactly the same. And I'm not a huge fan here, so I didn't need to wait in that line. So I see the only other attractions that you did in this area was the Disney Sea Electric Railway. And that was a lot of fun. It was kind of uh, bumpy, bumpier than I thought it should have been. What type of ride is it? Uh, it's just a tram ride to get you from uh, the American waterfront to what's it called over by those boats. Port Discovery. Port Discovery, yeah. Um, so it pretty much just takes you between those two areas. Now, I see they also have Turtle Talk, which you did not do. No, we didn't. But it could have been fun if, they, uh, if, uh, if we did it. But it is down below the Queen Mary, uh, which there is called the Columbia. But it's modeled after the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Oh. Um, do you know why it's modeled after the Queen Mary in Long Beach? Why is that? The Walt Disney Company had a big stake in that land, uh, but it was leased land. And the original plans for Tokyo Disney Sea were to be a park there in Long Beach. And Disney didn't want to risk building a park on leased land that they did not own. So they shelved the project, built California Adventure instead, because they could build it on the existing parking lot of Disneyland. And Tokyo Disneyland was doing so well that they said, hey, we'll build that park. And they did. And thank God they built it because it was incredibly well done. Uh, the only other attraction I see in that area, the American waterfront, is the Disney Sea Transit steamer line, which you say goes around the whole park. Yeah, that that's the one that you could take a grand circle tour of. Uh, a train or a boat? It's a boat. So the Disney Sea Transit Steamer Line, there's actually two lines that you can take. One takes a grand circle tour like the Walt Disney like the Disneyland Railroad, and the other one actually makes stops through the park, but you 
have to get off. There's, you know, it is stop to stop. You have to get off and then they load up the next. We will head to the next section of the park called Port Discovery. They have an attraction called Storm Rider. That ride was so bad. The pre-show is fun. It's basically Star Tours, but you're a storm chaser instead of going to outer space, if that makes any sense. Okay. And you go to this institute where they uh, where they build all these vehicles that can fly into the eye of a storm, and you're perfectly safe in our latest technology aircraft. And they have a really cool... Um, cyclone or what would it be a water spout it's like a tornado but it's a water spout okay um in the in the lobby area and the lobby area is is split into two so a bunch of people go to the left a bunch of people go to the right and they show you a pre-show video about how safe their vehicles are and how we're going to be riding the latest model and then we go into a room and it's kind of like a huge star tours vehicle but really it's more of just like an captain eo theater it's a 3d ride but it's not a star tours like simulator vehicle it's more just shakes and throws Hmm. water at you it it really just wasn't well done and the visual effects aren't very good um well then we'll move on yeah it's passable (laughs) i mean that's it you and sure enough you weren't that safe and things go awry and you know also in port discovery we have aquatopia Aquatopia was just them showing off the trackless ride system. It's nothing special. It's Isn't com- it on water? It is, but you can see that the water is actually only about two inches deep, and there's actually just a floor that the <laughs> the boat rides on. Um, but it is randomized. It seems to be built into sections. So I don't know how many sections there are. Let's say there's six. So there might be three versions of each section. So if you take, you know, path two in section one, at the end of that, you end up, I think, in the same place that you would any other path. And then you end up in one of three other sections. So you almost always are going to take a different ride, but really it doesn't do anything impressive other than a great piece of technology. All right. That's it for Port Discovery. Yeah. It sort of reminded me of Discovery Land uh, in Paris the the architecture styles and the, oh, like the way that they sort of did the like designs. steampunk yeah it's kind of a steampunky type area then let's move on to the lost river delta this is one of the places where detail was just out of line incredible Uh, This is where you see a couple boats that are beached, and beyond there are like footprints in the sand. There's a water plane that's parked up on the beach, and the tail fin says C-3PO. and uh, That's from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, is it? Oh, I didn't even put that together. I just thought it was cool because it says C-3PO. That's the plane that Indy boards after he's uh, being chased by all the natives. Oh, it's funny is that plane is right near the Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull attraction. Which is similar to the Disneyland version. It's right? very similar, but their queue is so much better. Really? It's so incredible, Robert. It's got a really huge excavated room. It looks like, I mean, it's ginormous. 
Well, let's start with the let's start talking about this ride. Sure, sure. First of all, explain the exterior of the ride. It's much more assuming than the one at Disneyland. The one at Disneyland's tucked away. If you look at it, it's actually kind of small. It's large walking through it, but it's a fairly small exterior. This exterior is huge. Um, I mean, once you get past the uh, Mount Prometheus, this is behind Mount Prometheus we are now. We're at the back corner of the park. Um, it's the largest thing that you can see. Um, it's a huge Mayan temple. And, uh, and when you enter it, you walk through a series of tunnels, like, false entrances you walk through a tunnel and then you come out the other side and you're still not in the tunnel but you're in a garden area it's really really neat and by the time you go inside it's just humongous and there are really nice intimate cavern areas like the ones uh here at disneyland there's a there's one room where it looks like there's a hole in the wall and sunlight shining through and i'm not going to tell you what it's shining on but it's really really well done but if you look closely you can tell it's a light Kind of like that famous scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's right. This is my favorite part. The safety spiel is in Spanish because they're down in, I'm assuming this temple, it's a Mayan temple, it's down in Mexico. Uh, the safety spiel is in Spanish. So it has Japanese. Spiel. What, what else would it be? Spiel? Uh, no, it's a spiel. Okay. Uh, the safety spiel is uh okay. is subtitled in uh Japanese, Chinese and English. I mean, there's so much text on the screen, it's insane. <laughs> At the end of the video, the guy uh says "Adios" and the Japanese people thought that was the funniest thing they'd ever heard. <laughs> it's a good ride, but it's almost exactly yeah, once you're on it, it's pretty much the same, but the uh the big scene, it's a different carving. Um not Mara? No. Now, from video I've seen, they have a, it looks like a huge tornado in the middle of the room there. Yeah, I didn't know how they did that. It looked neat? Yeah, it was really cool. But, I mean, you're going by so quickly. Uh, you only I only noticed it, like, out of the corner of my eye as we were coming underneath the bridge and leaving the room. But it was really, really cool. It was, I think it's, it's I think it's made of fire, but I don't know how they do it. Hmm. And then another thing that I've noticed from watching videos is they don't have that horrible effect of the rats on the branch, but they have a smoke ring that shoots at you. Yes. How was that? Uh, it was neat. And it reminded me of the day before they do that in the poo ride with the honey and it smells like honey. There's another ride there right next to Indy that reminded me of the Indy roller coaster. I think it actually is the Indy roller coaster from Paris. Uh, I can't. Which you don't like. Um. Yeah. And that one's called Raging Spirits. Yeah. Is it Indiana Jones themed at all? It, it almost felt exactly like the Indy ride from Paris. Would you say this Indy ride is better than the one at Disneyland? No, but the queue is better. When you think about our large excavation room, it's tiny. you could fit five, six of those in the large room mm. in uh, Tokyo. And there's great, I mean, you would have loved it. It's like almost going through a Pirates of the Caribbean walkthrough because there's skeletons hanging around the room all over the place. It does sound Full great. Full skeletons, not just skulls. So that's the Lost River Delta. Yeah. Let's head over to Mermaid Lagoon. Standing on the deck at midnight, thinking I was all alone. There's nothing like it in any Disney park that I've been to yet. You walk inside, 
and it's gigantic. It's a theme park inside, and it's all under the sea themed. You know what it looks like? It's all Little Mermaid themed. Right? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but I mean under the sea from the Little Mermaid attraction we have, and they just opened at Walt Disney World last year. It's like you're walking through that scene. Hmm. It's that detail. So the exterior of it kind of looks like uh... you can see Eric's ca- or uh, King Triton's castle, right? And um, you know what it reminds me of. Uh, the new Dumbo Interactive queue at Walt Disney World. Oh, I didn't walk through that, actually. Oh, it's so cool. Um, but on a much larger scale. And there's a Cirque-type show in there. So they have Jumpin' Jellyfish from from uh, California Adventure. They have a lot of mm-hmm. rides that are... Carnival-type rides? Yeah, like those pre-packaged, not super Disney-themed rides. It's for kids. It's a, it's a place for parents to rest, kids to go play. But there's a great Cirque... Uh, type show what was interesting is ariel's played by an american which i guess makes sense but it's so cool i mean if you think about these americans they get to go out there and work at the parks and do this cirque type show the entire show takes place above the audience it's all completely wire work and the way that ursula exists in that show she engulfs the room all the arms are operated individually by puppeteers and Ursula's face is one whole side of the room. It's really, really cool. Um, Ariel swims, and she does the swimming motion. And you can see she's on wires, but when you t- you suspend your imagination after thirty seconds, and you're you're watching her swim, and you're just sitting on the ocean floor watching all of these things happen ab- above you. Uh, the only thing, the only critique I would have on that show is I wish it were longer, like the Aladdin show. It seems like there's a big plot hole. She never sells her voice to Ursula. She never goes to meet Eric, yet she's in love with Eric, which is why she goes to Ursula. There's a lot missing from the story, but spectacle is great. Uh, what about Flounder's Flying Fish Coaster? Any good? It's ga- it's Gadget's Go Coaster. Okay. So all the rides are pretty basic in there? Yeah. Well, F- Flounder's uh, Coaster is outside. All right. Let's head to the Arabian Coast. This was really this was a really cool part of the park where there were a lot of places just to walk around and get lost in. It was very detailed. Yeah. Now they have an attraction there which I am dying to see called Sinbad's Storybook Voyage. Tell me about that. I had never heard of it before we'd gone to the parks. And I was reading you'll notice on the map we have some stuff crossed out, the stuff that we pulled off or we did. Uh, and the stuff we weren't going to do and all that. And I kept reading the blurb on it, and I couldn't... I was like, this sounds so cool, but the fact that I've never heard of it is got to be bad. Read the blurb. Set sail for adventure with Sinbad. Follow the compass of your heart to find the greatest treasure. Presented by Nippon Express Company, LTD. (laughs) It's a mixture of the Three Caballeros ride at... Epcot and Small World. Imagine Small World with Pirates of the Caribbean level animatronics. They're more cartoony than that, but they're not as rigid as the Mary Blair design. Well, they're they're like Small World type characters just with great animation. But not just animation, the texture to them. It looks like you're looking at Pixar characters. 
but better than any Pixar ride you've been on because they're that small. I don't know. It's so cool. There's a huge uh, monster in there that you would love. And it's a boat ride, right? It's a boat ride. It's so cool. And the song is so good. Alan Menken did the song for it. It was the biggest and best surprise on, on from both parks. Between that at Disney Sea and Pooh at Disneyland, the happiest accidents and the best experiences. Describe the ride. What's the story? Well, you go on a bunch of different adventures uh, with Sinbad. So you basically, they're setting up. The greatest part about riding a ride you've never been on is you don't know where you are in the story. So I thought I was just going through a bunch of tales with Sinbad. But you realize that after five minutes, they're really just setting him up as a character. Then a town comes to him and says, oh, they've locked away our, I don't know, it's weird. They locked away the big ogre that lives outside town. Again, this is all interpretation, but they locked away the big ogre who lives outside town, but he's not such a bad guy. So they, Sinbad goes and has to set him free. And, uh, and it's, the song is repetitive, like Small World, but it's so good. It's really well done. So I'd say it's, a, it's probably a 15-minute ride. Jeez, boy, I'd love to see that. It's, it, you would, I knew you would love this ride. All right. So uh, Sinbad's the only ride you did at the Arabian Coast, but you yeah. say it's a great land with full of detail to walk through. Yeah, I really like the uh, easternmost side of it is mostly just shops and and what you would what you know kind of what agrabah looked like in aladdin let's move on to the uh mediterranean harbor we had lunch there and we saw uh mount prometheus erupting Oh. It's really neat. I couldn't tell what pat- what the pattern is. It wasn't on an hour. It wasn't on a 15-minute, on the quarter. It wasn't on the half. Was it, it real fire? Yep. It, it, it kind of felt like it could have been bigger, though. Hmm. I think it's just because Mount Prometheus is so large. It's a very large flame coming out, but compared to the size of Mount Prometheus, right. it, it wasn't. But it was very loud. All right. But the uh, Mediterranean Harbor, it's... Pretty much just a visual. Correct. There's no thing, attractions right? there. Uh, there is a stop on the on the ferry boat, and we did take the ferry from the Lost River Delta to Mediterranean Harbor. What about the fortress explorations? Oh, oh, that was really really neat, and we did it. It it we missed a lot of the activities. Um, it's kind of like the Redwood uh, Creek Challenge Trail at uh-huh. uh, California Adventure. Um, Except it's more turn of the century, or really, it's more seventeenth century uh, technological ideals. So you saw Leonardo da Vinci's flying machine. They have a full scale model of it, and uh, and you're running around uh, castle turrets, and they have observatories and um, a pendulum that knocks over the things as the day goes by, and and stuff like that. It was really really cool. It's nestled in in the uh, base of Mount Prometheus, 
and there's a huge pirate ship that we actually didn't go on. So let's move on to the final land. I saved the best for last. Yeah, you did. Because uh, this has an attraction that I've heard about for years that, boy, I would love to go on it. More so than any other ride at Tokyo Disneyland. Now, the, uh, the land is called Mysterious Island. I'm Captain Nemo. Welcome to Mysterious Island. And the attraction I'm talking about is called... Journey to the Center of the Earth. That's right. Tell us about that attraction. So, Journey to the Center of the Earth, Mount Prometheus is Journey to the Center of the Earth. It basically is beckoning you and saying, hey, if you want to have a good time, just come straight to the mountain. Because uh, the entrance is underground. So you basically, by the time you walk up to Mount Prometheus, there are caverns all around that you can walk into. And they're very large. Um, I mean, Mount Prometheus is so large. I mean, the the top of the cavern is probably 20 feet high, and the width of the walkway is probably 40, 30, 40 feet. But you're still engulfed in the mountain. And, uh, and then you see the entrance to the ride, and then it starts getting a little more uh, tight. And you wander into the line, and you start seeing experimentation rooms where you see lab equipment, and you see the molten lava is glowing through the floor. It was fortunate and unfortunate that there seemed to be more of those lab rooms that we could have seen, but the lines weren't long, so we didn't have to go through too much. Uh, Then you go into what looks like a Tower of Terror elevator queue type area, and and so you stand outside these elevators that have a very Jules Verne look to them, very Nautilus-looking. If there were an elevator on the Nautilus, it would look like this. Uh, the elevator comes, and you go in, and it's a—it's literally an elevator. There's no seats. This is not the ride. I, I didn't know what to expect. So you get in, and you're in an elevator, and they do some amazing light and sound effects that makes it seem like you're going hundreds of miles below the surface of the Earth. It's so neat. They have, like, the Doppler effect on the bells going... <laughs> the lighting effects that go it's so so cool and then you get out and now you're in what looks like a boiler room it's very tower of terror but if tower of terror took place inside a mountain now were you actually going down another level or you yeah you do go down another level because you come out the same door you went in um, but i think you just go down probably 10 feet but once you get down there uh, it's kind of like Tower of Terror meets Indiana Jones. You're waiting for your vehicle that kind of looks like a mohawk slash drill bit slash Indiana Jones ride vehicle. It's it's a fairly short line from there, and you get into your vehicle. It seats uh, three rows of two, and uh, and it's open on either side, and it's open at the top too. But it's sort of like a roll cage, so there is a top to it. But it's very, very open. You can see a lot. But you sort of get worried because you can't really see in front of you. The seats are pretty... uh, The seats are low, which means the back in front of you is really high. But everything you need to see is really on the sides of you. Um, Most importantly, the right side. Um, And Robert, you would go nuts for this ride because of how much you love Disney caverns and Disney caves. 
because that's the entire ride. It's so well lit. There is a whole crystalline city, and it's a huge. It, 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 this is it's almost like the Calico Mine ride, if they built the Calico Mine ride today. Ooh. Now, there's lots of neat lighting effects I saw also. Right? Lighting effects, fire effects. Is there like a dragon or something? It's or? not a dragon. It's a huge, huge monster. I mean, this is King Kong at Universal when he was still there, animatronic size. He's huge. Um, is that the only animatronic on the ride? Yeah. Uh, no, no. There's other ones. There are the the Middle Earth people, whatever they would be called. Um, but he is wreaking havoc down there. Now, this is a pretty fast ride, right? Yeah. Well, it's it's a dark ride up until that point. And then you take off because they're like, get him out of there. It's not in English, but you would assume that, you know, it's let's get out of here type of thing. So... I mean, you really only see the animatronic for maybe five seconds before you really take off and get out of there. Right. Um, and then it's sort of like uh, Radiator Springs Racers. And then you go outside also. Yeah, right? correct. And at that point, so you, you work your way up, 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 out of the mountain, and then you do a huge, huge arc, that you sort of feel weightless as you go down, and then it's kind of like Radiator Springs Racers. Sure sounds great. We knew it was something special, but we had no idea what to expect. And 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 it delivered. You know what's interesting about Mysterious Island? Is there's it's actually around the middle of Mysterious Island is water. It's an island. But it not really. What do you mean? Mysterious Island is the is basically everything inside Mount Prometheus's perimeter. So once you approach Mount Prometheus... Oh, inside the actual mountain, there's water. Correct. So it's almost like, you know, Mount Prometheus, everything to the right of Mount Prometheus is almost like a crater, and at the bottom of the crater is water. The middle is water, then there's land that's Mount Prometheus, then there's water surrounding Mount Prometheus, then there's more land, and then there's even water around that because Disney Sea is on a harbor. In the middle of Mysterious Island is the Nautilus... Um, which I think you can go into. We did not. But I think it's just a walkthrough attraction like they have in Paris. We also had a gyoza dog there. Well, before we get to that, you did do 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I did. And I I, I thought to myself, I, I had almost missed it on the map. I said, that there's Journey to the Center of the Earth, and that's pretty much it. But there was this whole other ride called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea that's sort of like the submarine voyage with a different ride vehicle and a, a really creepy, weird story. Imagine, if you will, a submarine that sits only four. Two of you share a port window and a joystick, and you can control the lamp that's outside your vehicle. So you're, you're not sitting back-to-back. -back. It's a much larger vehicle. It's much less claustrophobic than the submarine ride. And... You get you get to control your own light and shine the light on whatever you want in the scenes. Well, where does it go? Because that water it's all it's all underneath Mysterious Island, so you're never exterior. Are um, you actually so moving? So it's all pitch black. Yeah, it's an Omni Mover type ride. It's really neat. It's an Omni Mover, but uh, think think Omni Mover in terms of Peter Pan, where you're hanging from the top because you're underwater the whole time. Does that make sense? Um, 
do you, what do you see? It's a trip. You see these like mermaid water type people. Animatronics? Yeah. Um, not super. They don't move a whole lot, but they're there just sort of waving at you and you see them and you see their treasure and you see all these things. I was sort of bummed because there was a narrator through the whole thing. And unfortunately, the story wasn't exactly clear without without knowing anything. So, But it was a lot of fun, and there were some cool things to see. It was very dark. Really, really cool ride. That sounds neat. Now that we've gone through all the attractions and all the lands, yeah, you say Journey to the Center of the Earth is your favorite attraction. Yeah. What's your favorite part of the park, your favorite land? I think it's going to be the Mediterranean waterfront. The American waterfront? No, sorry, the Mediterranean Harbor. There's something about it, and I think it was because the legitimacy of the structures there. They didn't build big structures to look like the Mediterranean to build a big structure. It was the hotel, and you could see people there. So it's something very cool. Uh, nope, I know what my favorite part of the park was, and we didn't even bring it up. I think it's part of Mediterranean Harbor, but it's separate from everything. It is the Court of Angels of the Mediterranean Harbor. It's where you get on the gondolas. Um, there's gondolas that go through the, the, the large harbor where Fantasmic actually takes place. Mm -hmm. um, during the day, the gondolas go out there. And where you get on the gondolas is a very quiet, hidden part of the park. If we didn't wander over there, we would have completely missed that part of the park. So that was it. And we, you know, it's also nice. We got there right at dusk. So the sun was setting behind Mount Prometheus. It was very red in the sky. And we had dinner on the Columbia, and that was really nice. Uh, the Columbia ship? Yeah. And then there's the Teddy Roosevelt Lounge, which is basically like Carthay Circle. Tell us about what you ate there. It's a steakhouse. The Columbia has three three distinct levels to it, not including the lobby where you make a reservation. So when we first got to the park, I knew I wanted to eat there because I read, you know, people from Mouseweight that went to Tokyo Disneyland and were talking about, oh, I ate at the Columbia. It was a big deal. So I said, okay, we didn't make reservations in advance, but this is the Be Our Guest of Tokyo Disney Sea, you know? The first floor is dinner reservations. It's just the lobby. Below that is Turtle Talk, I believe. There may be more down there, but we didn't go down there. Above the lobby of the SS Columbia is the Teddy Roosevelt Lounge. And that's basically Carthay Circle Lounge um, on a boat. On a stationary boat, but on a boat. So this is all in the replica of the Queen Mary, right? Correct. I go to the end of the bar, and it opens up to a huge room that almost looks like the big bar. No, what does it look like? It looks like Teddy Roosevelt, what you would think Teddy Roosevelt's living room would look like in a cabin. I mean, there's like muskets on the wall and pictures of his dog and a wood-burning fireplace and dark leather seats and couches and stuff. It's so neat in there, so we went and hung out in the lounge for a little bit. And then on the third deck is the restaurant. And uh, I will say I was taken aback at how light it was in there. It almost seemed like they had fluorescent lights on. So it, to me, it sort of took away from what I was expecting. I was expecting the Teddy Roosevelt Lounge. I was expecting dark woods and leather seats and stuff, kind of like the Carthay Circle restaurant. And it wasn't. It was, imagine you were eating at the Carthay Circle restaurant with stark white walls and fluorescence. So you didn't like the look of it that much. I didn't. But then I was thinking White Star Liner, you know, like, <laughs> is did this you, how? Did you feel like Jack, Jack Dawson? I did. 
real man makes his own luck. Yeah, we should have gone to Turtle Talk and danced down below. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the food was good. What did you have? I had a steak. Not a lamb chop? <laughs> I had lamb. Rare. Very little mint sauce. You got to cut our meat for her too there, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, that was my impression of the parks. Uh, super detailed. Loved looking at everything. Was that all you ate over there? What about your dog? We had popcorn all over the place. Oh, yeah. More popcorn. Yeah. And Discovery Island, uh, they have a gyoza dog. Gyoza is a Japanese dumpling uh, that's usually fried or steamed and comes with a ponzu type sauce. It's a gyoza dipping sauce of its own, but it's kind of like a ponzu sauce. Um, they had, instead of corn dogs there, they had a gyoza dog. So it was gyoza. Gyoza is usually the size of like a, I don't know, gyoza's uh Gyoza's fairly small, but this is the size of a corn dog, if not longer than a corn dog at Disneyland, because they're short and stumpy now. They are. I feel like they it was recently. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but their gyoza is sort of a cop out. Um, it's more like a a bao, which is a Chinese dumpling outer uh, outer pastry. Not really a pastry, but it's it's more like bao on the outside, shaped like gyoza, but inside it's gyoza, which is more of a, a a pasta type noodle dumpling. Um, it was very good. I liked it a lot. All right. Did you see Fantasmic? We did. Their Fantasmic's almost like the World Showcase sh- uh, show, uh, Illuminations, um, where there's a huge screen in the middle. Um, but this one, instead of being shaped as a globe, is shaped as Mickey's Sorcerer Hat. Um, and it becomes like Cinderella's dress at one point because she comes out of the top and it turns into a dress and all that stuff. It looks really neat. Mickey comes out of the top of it a couple times, uh, and it's surrounded by screen. Like, it's just digitally projecting things. But we had an amazing view of their dragon. And the way that their dragon comes out, which she says, mirror, mirror on the wall, and the mirror rises up from be so imagine it's laying on its back and it comes up but the mirror's diameter is probably 30 feet i mean it's a huge huge mirror that's um instead of how we have water spraying from the ground and it's projected onto it water comes from the top of the structure that is the mirror and they project the mirror onto that and what that leaves room for is the dragon to come out through the water of the mirror and and that's how he co- and then the mirror sort of tilts back so the dragon doesn't have to come out too far. Um, but we had an amazing view of the dragon and he spits fire out and everything. It's really and really neat. The dragon is just a giant head there, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it, because the head's so big, you just buy the rest of it. Right. Yeah. It was pretty neat. Yeah, I see some video of that. It looked really neat. Yeah. Um, and uh, I feel like the show was maybe a little longer than ours. Um. I'd say it's better than the one at Hollywood Studios in uh, Disney World. But again, it's different. It's a different show. Ours is still the best. Disneyland is the best. Any last thoughts on Tokyo Disney Sea? Fireworks got canceled for us again. Terrific. There it is. Dude, go to Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, Tokyo Disneyland is cool, but Tokyo Disney Sea is where it's at. Shall we move on to some Disney news? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me what's right. going on. I talk well, too much. Well, I don't really have so much news as uh, 
a trip report and some new things that I've done and things like that. I know you've done it before, but I, but for the first time, I captained the Mark Twain. Oh, how was that? It was incredible. I did it at nighttime. How did you uh, finagle that? You just asked? Yeah, just asked. It's so great going on the Mark Twain at night. And, you know, it doesn't happen very often because of Fantasmic. It doesn't run when Fantasmic is going on. It's incredible to... Uh, to ride the Mark Twain. And you go up there, you climb a little ladder, you go into a little room, which uh, we were told Walt Disney used to take naps in there, in that little bed there. Then you climb up, and uh, you could spin the big wheel to drive the Mark Twain, and I parallel parked like no other. <laughs> uh, but of course, the most exciting part is blowing the whistle and, and ringing the bells. But then since it's night, I also got to control the spotlight. That's on, exciting. On all the uh, different animatronics and things. Yeah. And he was so impressed how I knew where everything was. <laughs> and then you get to sign a guest book. And I wrote, uh, I wrote, here I am in a New Orleans of a century ago. Like Irene Dunn, I christen the Mark Twain. <laughs> how did you write that, that accent in there? I didn't do the accent. Uh. But, uh... Yes, I did that. Then afterwards, you get a little certificate signed by Walt Disney. He's saying, you know, you did a job well done as being your, the captain. Very good. It was an incredible experience. I recommend it for everyone. And actually, before we uh, took off, our trip was right after the fireworks. And Do uh, they run during the fireworks? They do not run during the fireworks. Okay. But you have an option to watch the fireworks from the Mark Twain. So there was a there were some people on the top deck watching the fireworks, and that was really fun. Oh, that's neat. Did, were you up there on the top deck too? Yeah. Neat. Um, submarines are closed. Rumor there is a rumor that it's never coming back. I don't know if you know. No one knows if that's true or not. I hope it's not true. That would be almost. It would be almost on par with rocket rods of money spent versus time spent open. There's also rumors that all the dark rides are going to be redone for the 60th anniversary of Disney. Oh, that'll be fun. With new updates. Like the Snow White update that they did? Yeah, I think so. That would be great. What else? Another thing I did recently, a few times actually, I've been eating a lot at Carnation Cafe. It's really good. I, uh, I got their Main Street Cheeseburger, which is pretty good. It's better than like, you know, Pinocchio's Burgers and sure, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I also had Walt's chili, which was very good. But my favorite thing, I went for breakfast and I had huevos rancheros. Oh. It was so good. Really? And, yeah. And it comes with uh, crispy tortilla chips. Nice. Oh, it's so good. Uh, the only other news I could think of, really, is um, they have announced some details of the uh, Ratatouille ride at Disneyland Paris. What did they announce? Um, it wasn't anything specific, but just that. You know they're building the Ratatouille attraction, and you know. Oh, you, that's you, right. It was it was pretty much people were assuming that's what it was based off of what they were seeing in the construction process, right? I think so. But the Disney Parks blog said uh, that they're making. Well, actually, they even Disneyland Paris released a video, a little uh, promo video, and it's called Ratatouille: The Ride. Well, but, what else uh, would you want it to be called? Like Remy's Adventure. I don't know. Yeah, I guess anything that, but yeah. the ride. You get shrunk down to the size of Remy the rat and get chased through the kitchen and all that. Oh, that sounds fun. Sounds yeah. like, oh, but we're going to smell a lot of things. Maybe it'll be like the choo-choo train. 
I love that ride. Me too. So there it is. Podcast 8. We talked about Tokyo. We talked about Disneyland. We did. Again, we're on Facebook. Remain seated, please. We're on Twitter. Remain seated, pulse. We're on Instagram. Remain seated, please. So visit us. Follow us. Like us. Let us know if you like our video content. Um, I really was just going through all our pictures from Tokyo Disneyland and uh, and then decided, oh, I should probably do something with these videos I took. And uh, I cut together that video, and hopefully you guys are enjoying them. So anyway, uh, join us next time, won't you? Uh, in a couple weeks, we'll have a new episode for you. Uh, but until then, I'm David. And I'm Robert. And remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. I watched King Kong vs. Godzilla recently, too. Well, folks, this concludes our show. There. That wasn't so bad. Was it? I'll see you all a little later. You may not survive to pass this way again. Time to be moving along. Hurry back. And barrel around to see us again.